I guess it's time to be seated. <laughs> I uh, don't normally do this, and some of you may not know who I am, but my name is Michelle, and I am the office administrator and the children's director here at Church on the Hill. Thank you. But um, as we've been praying as a staff and as a church, um, one of my prayers is, well, the guys get on to me all the time because I don't talk a lot, you know, <laughs> I don't, I don't, the only time you'll ever see me on stage is probably during VBS. So, um, but I've been praying, you know, for God to open that door for me. And so while we were singing this, the new song today, New Wine, I just had this overwhelming feeling of, I need to tell you guys some things, okay? So this is not too long, but a little long, and I'm going to try to, I typed it out (laughs) so I wouldn't forget, because you know how you get, you get nervous and you forget what you're supposed to say, but I really feel like this is God. So um, basically, this song spoke to me, and it says, the past is the past, lay down those old flames and pick up the new fire, bring new wine out of us, Lord. Take away the old bitter wine and give us fresh new wine. Fill us with the new fire. We want new wine. Do you want new wine? Do you really want it or are you just saying you want it? Okay? Bitter wine is the bitterness and the unforgiveness that we hold on to. Okay? We don't want that anymore. We want new wine. Anything else that may be stopping us from taking the leap and experiencing God's new wine, we want rid of today. Today. Do you agree? Okay. God is moving. Are we going to stand here and watch him walk by, or are we going to move with him? He has the new fire. Do we need to put, and we need, we need to put out our old torches and light them with God's new fire. It may not be or look like what we're used to, but God has the greatest plan of all. And I don't know about y'all, but I'm picking up my torch, and I'm lighting it with a new fire. And I hope that you will, too. So good. Amen. Amen. So I'm, I'm Pastor Paul's wife. I I'm guessing you guys know that by now. Um, And Michelle, thank you for coming and saying that because the Lord is really working in me as well and through that song. And so I'm just going to piggyback off of that for just a moment. I hope you don't mind. Do you mind? Okay, so um, I want to tell you the Lord is doing something new. And I think sometimes as Christians that we can't embrace the new. And I want to tell you just a personal experience for a minute. Um, Those of you who know me know that I graduated in May with my PhD, which was a major milestone for me. Um, However, I had been told the year before that my job was no more. I was a college professor. And I was released from my position in the idea that I would finish my dissertation and then I would be rehired again once I got that dissertation finished. Um, and the university needed to save some money. There were several reasons why that was going on, but, but I was under the impression my position would be held. Well, I came to find out last fall that it wasn't held. And in fact, my, um, my, my school, my college, 
um, the individual unit ha had lost the funding for that position entirely. And I can tell you when you, um, if for any of those have, have ever worked and lost a position, it's really can be quite devastating. And especially when you have spent um, four years of every weekend that you had um, in a hole studying so that you could keep a job that you really liked, and you missed days at the park with your family, and you missed ball games, and you missed cross-country runs, and, and you missed stuff. Um, and so, you know what, I realized at that point that I could have gotten really bitter and really angry. And I'm telling you this because what I want you to know is that Pastor Paul and I walk it out every day just like you do. And we have opportunities to get bitter, and we have opportunities to get down, and we have opportunities to um, just kind of lose it. And so I um, maintained through that year, I finished my dissertation, which was nothing short of a miracle. And, um, you know, I just did the next thing. I just kept doing the next thing that I felt like God had for me. And one of the things that I, that I sensed very strongly that he had for me in the spring as I was approaching um, my defense of my dissertation and graduation was um, a little Bible study that I had found called Wait and See. Um, some of you women did that with me this summer. Um, so I came across this devotional, Wait and See, and I was doing it on my own, and it ministered so much to me that I thought, I'm going to do this with our, our church ladies. I'm going to do this over the summer. And you guys, I really thought, because I was applying for every job that I could, and I thought, I'm going to have a job. I'm not even going to be able to do this Bible study. I'm going to have to find some lady in the church to give this Bible study to. And I had even thought of who I'd give it away to. Like, that's how much I thought I'd have a job. And I can tell you, it is very difficult when you get no after no after no after no. And, and it's hard. And I started thinking, and it was almost like my PhD had become a real problem because I had too much education. Nobody wanted me. They were like, oh, you could do my job. I'm not going to hire you. Or, oh, you have too much education for this position. I'm not going to hire you. So I, I was at a place where I was like, um, we need an income. I need an income. Um, you know, I need a job. I need to feel productive. It's been tough. Well, so I continued to do the next thing, right? Because when you get stuck, that's what we got to do. When you find yourself, it's, I think it was, was it Winston Churchill who said, when you find yourself in hell, keep walking? I think it was him. Maybe I'm saying that wrong. Um, but keep going. Do the next thing. So the next thing was every Monday, get up and do this Bible study. And these women, you guys who were in there with, with us, we were such, I loved it. Um, I loved it. And, and through all of this, you guys, I had developed side hustles. I was the 13th Judicial District educator. I still am. I'm still doing it on the side. I became a Rule 31 family mediator, still doing it on the side. Like, I'm, I'm investigating every possible opportunity for me. Long story short, do the next thing. Do the next thing. Do the next thing. If you're sitting there and you think, I don't know what to do next, do the next thing. 
Well, I just want to tell you this song, and it ministered so much to me this morning. Because you know what? Sometimes when your opportunity comes along, it doesn't look like what you think it's going to look like. Has that ever happened to you? You're kind of moving along. And I want to tell y'all, I did get a job, and guess what I'm doing? Now, I have a PhD, and I've been a college professor, and guess what I'm teaching? Really tiny people. <laughs> really cute little tiny spunky little friends. Is something wrong? Why are we doing this? Oh, what did you miss? Okay, good. Okay, good. So I'm with these little tiny people that are 10, and I'm teaching English. And you guys, I've griped in college. Oh, I've read papers for the last five years, and I've complained about reading the papers, and I think, who has taught these people how to write? And I have to take some of my students, and I have to say, you know, you really need to go to the writing center and I have to get them help. I have to get them tutors because they don't know how to write and they're in college. Well, guess what I'm doing? <laughs> I'm teaching 10-year-olds how to write. That's what I'm doing. So I want to tell you in this, and it's funny because we're becoming kind of a baseball family because our daughter has... Um, a sweet, sweet little boyfriend. He's not a little boyfriend. He's actually a really big, tall boyfriend who plays baseball. And so I'm getting my baseball lingo down, which I'm not, my children know I'm not good at ball lingo. Um, but <clears throat> we've been talking about the pressure. I don't know why we were talking about this. We were sitting around outside grilling out, and somebody started talking about the pressure of the major leagues and how if you mess up one time, one time, they push you down to the minor leagues. Did you know this? I didn't really know this. Have a bad game and you're out. You're just sent away. You got your shot and then, nope, you're back down. And so these guys get pulled back down to the minor leagues. And as everybody was sitting there talking, I started laughing and I said, I think I got pulled down to the minor leagues. I think I'm in the minor leagues. But you know what? The Lord, it was like the Lord has been saying to me since that conversation, no, 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 Elizabeth. You're not in the minor leagues. This is the major leagues. This is where I put you. And you know what? He's creating a new fire inside of me. I can tell you I would rather be in God's will, in, in the belly button of his will, than have it, have it how I thought it should turn out. And I can tell you, I am super happy about where I am, and I'm, I'm so honored that God gave me the opportunity to be where I am. Amen. Thank you. And it's not the minor leagues. It's the major leagues. And you know how I know that? Because we go from glory to glory, to glory to glory, to glory to glory. That's what we do. That's what he does for us, and that's what he's doing for you. So I just want to encourage you, I just want to encourage you, if you are waiting and seeing, first of all, don't give up. Second of all, do the next thing. Do the next thing that God's calling you to do. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. Keep walking. And the third thing is, is embrace the new thing. Embrace it. Embrace it. 
because God's good and he's got a good plan and he's got a good plan for you. So I just really rambled on and I'm gonna pray now so that my, my husband, who is the pastor, can come and deliver a message. <laughs> I hope I didn't totally mess this up. So um, anyway, so let's just pray in that vein. Oh, did I mention that our own, our very own Pastor Justin is city councilman for all good? <laughs> Yay! So yeah, for our uh, town of all good, Pastor Justin is a city councilman, and I'm very thankful for his heart to serve the community, to serve the people, to love people, and that God places godly men in roles like this. So thank you, Pastor Justin, and we're very proud of you. You're welcome. <laughs> okay, so let's pray. So Father God, we just come in this morning, Lord, and we're thankful. We're thankful, Lord God, um, that you're doing a new thing in us. And Lord God, that you're making new wine out of us. And Lord God, sometimes we get pressed and sometimes we get crushed, just like that analogy of that, that making of new wine. But Father God, you're with us. You're with us. You never leave us or forsake us. And I thank you, Father God, that regardless of where your people are, where, where we are as a people, Lord God, in this process, Lord God, that you never leave us or forsake us, Lord God, and that you are making a way where it looks like there's no way, Father God. I thank you, Father God, that we will be in the center of your will, Lord God. We'd rather be there than anywhere else. Lord God, you're good and you're faithful and we love you, God. Now, Father God, we pray that you would have your way in our lives, Lord. We come and we yield and we submit to you, and we say, have your will, have your way, Father God. Now, Father God, we pray right now that you would speak through Pastor Paul, that the word of the Lord would be in his mouth, that we'd have ears to hear and hearts to receive. We love you, Lord, and it's in Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Two, check, there we go. So are we going to listen to God or are we not? We are. <clears throat> Thank you. I, be I believe you. Um, I am going to just tie in what God had given me today uh, to what God has said through Michelle and through Elizabeth. Um, I think it's easy to, okay, God, you've done your thing. Now let me get back to my thing. Um, I think it's exactly what you just said, is that God, I, I'm believing for you, so now I need to keep making that next step, not go back to your step. Uh, Peter, when Jesus was crucified, said, I'm going fishing. And what he meant was, enough of this. I'm going back to what I know to do. So through this new wine, by the way, I'm Pastor Paul. That was my wife. We're so glad you're here. Welcome to Church on the Hill. <laughs> Liz, if you'll bring up Matthew chapter 9, verse 14, and we're going to do a couple verses from there. But we've been talking about our wilderness experience, and I can tell you that with Elizabeth and myself, we're, I believe either we're coming or we're going out of the wilderness most of, most of life. Uh, that is not God's intention. God wants us to reach the promised land, but even sometimes when I make it to, to the promised land, per se, I'll find myself wanting to wander back uh, into the wilderness. I was reading David and one of the Psalms, Psalm 55, I think, this week, and 
He even said, God, things are so bad, I'm going to wander back out to the wilderness where things are quiet. And it just shocked me that that's where he wanted to go back to. And that is not God's promise. The wilderness is not God's promise. The promised land is God's promise. Um, But the wilderness is part of our experience. So I I want you to, uh, to look with me. Let me see if I can find this. Again, as God wants to change things up, it's going to catch me off guard just a little bit. Lord God, help me. Um, Liz, bring up Deuteronomy chapter 29. This is already in my notes. verses 4 through 6. It's probably going to be my second set of scriptures. Thank you. Again, my my intention before I got here this morning was to talk about provision in the wilderness, but we're going to look at it from a different perspective. The same scripture, but I believe that God's used this scripture, led me to this scripture for what he had to say to us today. Amen? What's he saying to us today? I think he's saying to us today that he's trying to do new wine. He's wanting to do new wine in this place, which is a funny thing for us to talk about in a Southern Baptist church, to talk about new wine, but it is what we are to desire. And I don't know if you've ever drank skunky wine, but it's not good. <laughs> Pastor, have you done it? I have. I have. And it's, it's bad. And how many of you know that sometimes you're going to your work or you're in your marriage or you're even in church and it tastes like skunky wine? That's not God. God's wanting to do new in you. He is wanting to do something amazing in you. And when when you get tasted, that you taste like salt and attract. Have you ever had a Frito? It makes my mouth water. And I can't just eat one. I need many. I don't want a little snack bag of them either. I want the whole bag. And when I'm done, I'm done. Salty. We are to be salty, not skunky. And I have found myself many, many times. Now, I'm not talking about anyone else but myself, and I found myself to be skunky. And God's saying this morning, he says, I'm I'm trying to do something in you, but you've got to let me do it. I will not make you do it. God is so good in his sovereignty and in him creating the earth and creating man and creating the universe. He gives us the opportunity to make choices. He lets us and he loves us as we make them. But God's saying, I want to do something. But I can tell you that if he does new wine in you and you've not changed, it's still not going to work. There's still a problem, and I want to show it to you. I want to go back. I'm going to show you from Exodus chapter 14 what God's trying to do in the wilderness. It says that even Moses, then Moses said to his people, don't be afraid. Take your stand. Be firm and confident and undismayed and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. So God's about to deliver the children of Israel from slavery, from years, 400 years of slavery, of being beaten, of being ordered, of them not owning their own life. 
When they got up in the morning, their lives were owned by someone else. When they went to bed at night, their lives were owned by someone else. Even when they were asleep, they were owned by someone else, even though they kind of escaped it while they slept. How many of you know you, you, you escape your problems when you sleep? Unfortunately, they seem to be right back when I get there. But, and sometimes I'll even dream about my problems. Sometimes I can't even get free of it in my sleep. But they were slaves from beginning to end. And God's delivering them and saying, don't be afraid. I know this is scary. There's fire going. Here comes the enemies. Oh, no. What have you done to us, Moses? Don't fret. Hang on. Watch what's about to happen. For today, you will never see those Egyptians who have beat you your whole life. You'll never see them again. Don't be afraid. So as we're coming into this place and you're experiencing something different, God's moving in this place. I don't know if you're, you can recognize what's happened this morning, but God's moving. And it can be scary. Already with what Elizabeth shared and what, what that kind of requires of you to really step out and to really stay believing. Believing in God is, is scary. Will God really come through or will he let me down like everything else has let me down? My faith is wavering, God, and I can't hardly do this. And we're here as a church body to encourage you. Hold on. I know God. Now, I can't hardly believe it for my own situation, but I can believe it for yours. Because God's moved in my life, and I'm sitting here with my own stuff, and I get to the end of the edge, and I'm like, God, I don't know if you're going to move or not for me. And I've got people around me, like Justin, who's we, literally this week with Michelle and Justin, we've just been encouraging each other because we're wanting to jump off a cliff. Whoa, 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 don't jump off the cliff. Look, I know this to be true. Oh, literally the body of Christ working together from top to bottom, trying to get us to hold on, hold on. We want to break. We want to just crawl up and you know, I'll just be honest with you. Somebody asked me how I felt, and I said, it's kind of dark. And I don't like talking about my feelings because it doesn't do anything for me. I'd rather just ignore my feelings and keep pressing on. God's like, quit, keep pressing on. Let's talk about your feelings, and maybe you'll look for me again. Quit trying to do your own stuff. Trust me. I'm putting people around you to encourage you to say, I'm still with you. And I want you to know as we're praying up here and we're believing and God's moving, God's not left you. Hold on. In your marriage, in your life, in your job, in your finances, wherever you are. Now, there is a piece that you've got to do. That's what I want to show you. It's what the Lord has led me to today, for today. What do we do? As Elizabeth says, make the first step. Take the next step. Look at the next scripture. Moses said to the people, don't be afraid. Take your stand, be firm and confident. See the salvation of the Lord that will accomplish for you today. Those Egyptians whom you have seen. Are we on the wrong scripture? I need Deuteronomy, or in Exodus 14. I need Deuteronomy 29. That was still a good scripture. Deuteronomy 29. Okay, so here we are, still in the same story. For 40 years I led you through the wilderness, yet your clothes and your sandals didn't wear out. Next scripture. But the Lord must give you a change of heart. Before you truly understand what you have seen and heard. In order for you to come out of the wilderness, God has got to give you a change of heart. In order for you to be new wine, God's got to give you a change of heart. I'm going to show you in just a moment 
new wine will break the old wineskin if new wine's put in an old wineskin. You need a new wineskin. God's saying, I'm wanting to do something, but if you don't change, it's not going to take. You're just going to miss it all over again. How many of you know God's moving all over? And I, keep, I somehow seem to keep missing the off-ramp. God, God, exit here. Mm, oh, I got this. White knuckling through life. God, next exit. Woo, that's great, God. Please move, please move, please move. Get off, get off. No, move here, God. Move here where I am. No, I'm here. You're there. Come to me, those who are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. No, God, come to me. No, come to me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But God, I know, you're awesome. But that way's going to lead to death. No hope, no breakthrough. But I know it's awesome and you're so good. But please, just come over here. I love you. And I see what you're doing. And that's not the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. I'm trying, Jesus is saying, I'm trying to lead you to the Father. And there's only one way. And it's not white-knuckling your way. Even though your efforts, you're trying with everything in you, you're giving it every effort that you have, every resource within you, you are expending. But it's the wrong way. I'm leading you out. I'm leading you out of chains and slavery and hell. But in order for you to come out, you've got to have a change of heart. We are here as a church, as a church body, the body of Christ. And in order for God to do what he wants to do, we must have a change of heart. In your marriage... You must have a change of heart. In your job, in everything, you must have a change of heart. I think God is speaking so loudly today. Let's look at, uh, and I'm, uh, Sarah Beth said to me while Elizabeth was speaking, I guess you're going to have to shorten your sermon this morning. All my children have such incredible, just different giftings, and Sarah Beth just knows how to just call it. She will just call it, not think anything about that it's important to me to preach my message. She never even thought about me and how important my message is to me, and I'm literally sitting there going, God, is that what you're saying? Are you speaking to me through my daughter? I've got such a good message. I know. I know it's good. But I'm over here. I know it's good. But that doesn't make it right. 
there's only one right. There is a righteous way and an unrighteous way. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So let's just quickly look at this. And I want to encourage you. The intent of this is for you to be changed. Not the person next to you. Not somebody else. Not your boss. Not your spouse. You. Say me. Change me. God, change me. Make me a vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. God, I give you. I have nothing except only what you've given me. Make me whatever you want me to be. Um, it was Michelle that mentioned that this old flame that we're carrying is this bitterness. And really what happens is it's me. It's not you. The bitterness I carry is my bitterness. It's not your bitterness. It's my bitterness. It's me not liking what someone has done. It's me not liking where we have wound up. It's me not liking where God has wound up sticking me that I think he did it, but he didn't. But it's me. My, the bitterness and this old flame that we're hanging on to, we want to think it's somebody else's fault. That's a, that's a lie of the enemy to get you to hang on to it. That it's not your problem, it's theirs. Therefore, it's okay to hang on to it. Did I just lose you? New wine. Okay. I've not even looked at this. Um. But the Lord, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Matthew chapter 9, verse 14. Do we have that? I'm going to start reading. Liz will catch up to me. I'm reading from the New Living. One day the disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus and asked him, Why don't your disciples fast like we do and the Pharisees do? Jesus replied, Do wedding guests mourn while celebrating the groom? Of course not, but someday the groom will be taken away from them and they will fast. Besides... Who would patch old clothing with new cloth? For the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old cloth, leaving an even bigger tear than before. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the old skins would burst from pressure, spilling the new wine, running the skins, ruining the skins. New wine is stored in new wineskins, so both are preserved. This is not a new word. This is God saying, I'm trying to do something new to you. I'm trying to deliver you Egyptians from slavery. But in order for this to take, you have to have a change of heart. Do you know how that else is, is translated later? Circumcision. There has to be a change of heart. You have to change in order to be able to hold this. Have you ever had God move in your life incredibly and you tried to get on board with it, but it just exploded and you actually wound up worse off than you were? What happened? You were that old wineskin trying to do this new God thing. God's got to change you. So many times the church will move and things will happen, but if you don't move with it, you wind up breaking. And in your breaking, we break the church. We must be praying for a new heart and for new wineskin. I'm sorry, God says, I am doing a new thing. He does not keep us there forever. He moves us. We must move. 
even though a bottle of wine may be great, if you let it set too long opened, it will go bad. If left set out apart from God, not allowing him to continuously change us, we will go skunky. And you've got to be able to ask yourself, am I the skunky one? Not, oh, I know who's skunky. That pastor's skunky. I know who's skunky. It's that one over there. No. It's you. It's harsh. I'm sorry. But either be real with God or don't play this game. God's trying to change you. God is trying to give you incredible breakthrough. Exceedingly abundantly more than we could think or ask. And I want you to know here with church or in my life, with my marriage, with my kids, I'm trying to start with me. It may not look like it. Even last night, I snapped like an immature little two-year-old. It was an immature 47-year-old. Am I 47 yet? I can't either. I don't want to keep up with it anymore. It's exhausting. We get to this age and we think, I don't need to change. They need to change. I got this. Get on board with me. No. Man, I've just missed it. God's get on board with me. Come to me, you who are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Well, I can tell you I am walking around with a burden. That's not Christ's. That's mine. That is a red flag to, hey, there's an exit here. Take it. Would you allow yourself, would you, would you genuinely get on board with what the Lord is saying to us today is would we consider that we may be old wineskin and that God's trying to make a new, a new wineskin out of us because he has new wine to go in it. He doesn't have old wine to go in it. He has new wine. Unfortunately, we, we, we sit here and we're waiting for the old wine. God's not doing that. God's not doing old wine. He's doing new wine. Do you know what the new wine represents? It represents his Holy Spirit. God's desiring to move in you. But if you stay where you are, all that's going to happen is you're just going to crack. Amen? Amen. Will you all just bow your heads just for a second? I just want to talk to you just for a quick second. And then I'm going to let you go. Do you really know Jesus? It's easy to check out right here, church, but I want you to know that churchgoers for 40 years think they've received Christ, but they haven't. Or you may think that you've made this change, but you haven't. Jesus is the only way. No one can come to the Father except by the blood of Jesus. No one. So I want to just ask yourself, have you ever confessed Jesus as Lord? And believed in your heart that he was raised from the dead. If those are a couple little gaps, it's time to make those, those gaps come together. Jesus died for your sins. He gave everything for you. And I know that there is something within your spirit that is confirming this. 
you know this to be true, even though you can't, you, you don't know why. And it's because the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. It's maybe the only truth you've heard in a long time that Jesus died for you. And he gave everything for you. And he's been waiting for you. And it says in Scripture, if you will just confess him as Lord and believe in him in your heart, you'll be saved. So our part is to confess that Jesus, be Lord of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and come into my heart. Save me. We read this morning from Exodus, your salvation is here. But you must have a change of heart. When the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea into freedom, that was a picture of baptism, water baptism. A complete change of environment, a complete change of heart. Would you give your heart to Christ? Right now, make that decision. If you've turned from the Lord, today is the day to turn back. Stop going your own way. Give your heart to Christ. Thank you, Lord, for a way off this crazy train and onto a place of peace and of rest and of security and provision and a future and a hope. God has a plan for you. Give your heart to him this morning. In Jesus' name.